of what occurred last year with my guest Patrick Holland of the Missouri Freedom Initiative. But before we get to him, we got the KTTS first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Today we have some isolated morning snow, then remaining cloudy. High of 37, wind chills in the 20s. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low of 24. Tomorrow, mostly sunny. Warmer, high of 48. Ooh, it's bike weather. If you're going out New Year's Eve, looks partly cloudy, a low of 22. New Year's Day, sunny with a high of 38. And to my knowledge, the roads weren't bad on the way in. Patrick, you actually came in from a lot further and out into the, the wilderness. So how were the roads on your way in? Roads were good. They are a little cool. wet. But they were good. And thank you very much for having me back, Tom. It's a pleasure to be in the studio Hey, not a problem. You. Hey, now, uh, for those people who have not heard you, introduce what the, the very beginnings and to what it is now that the Missouri Freedom Initiative is. Sure. The Missouri Freedom Initiative began basically as a group to support something called the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And that was, uh, I don't remember the House bill number, I should, HB 85 maybe, and it was Jared Taylor. See, it was HB 436, the very first time. Yeah, you see, you remember every iteration. (laughs) I came in late in the game. We came in to support it starting in 2019. It finally got through in 2021. And uh, we thought that was a very good idea because the red flag threat coming from D.C. We don't want them telling us in Missouri, you know, uh, what we do with our firearms and what our rights are. So we started there. And and once it got passed in 2021, with the help of an enormous amount of people, you want to talk about a big grassroots effort. The Second Amendment Preservation Act, I think, takes the cake. Uh, and people tell me this that are up in Jeff City all the time. They've never seen so much activity surrounding a bill. Well, we decided we were, you know, since we were able to help with that bill, we should probably start something new, an, an initiative, if you will, a freedom initiative to get other constitutional legislation done in the state of Missouri. Currently, we're working with several legislators on something we call the Constitutional Money Act, which is getting gold and silver reinstated as legal tender in the state of Missouri. So that's kind of where we're at right now. There's a lot of in-between, but it would be a filibuster if I told you all the in-between. Now, but didn't you exist prior to coming together? Because groups don't just form overnight. It takes a little bit. So what were you prior to that? For a a lot of people know Patrick Holland as the pro-life guy in southwest Missouri, working with people like Dave Plemons, Mm -hmm. Carl Schimmick, and other very, very big heavyweight people in the pro-life arena. And so that's my etymology in politics in Missouri is supporting the pro-life movement in many different ways. Okay, now go from there to Missouri Freedom Initiative. Wasn't there something else, the sound money? Sound? Uh, no, actually, no. Uh, went from pro. Well, actually, yes. There was a lot of support for uh, uh, basically constitutional carry in the state of Missouri. Uh, and- so we did. Uh, so I was involved with that as well. Um, but as far as sound money goes, um, yes, I've been involved in the sound money movement for a long time and have helped other states as well. Uh, so it, both with the constitution, actually helping legislators with bullet points for when they have floor time in their states, uh, helping out a little bit with Arkansas, helping out a little bit with Tennessee, 
uh, and a few other states too. I, I don't want to take credit for the good work that the legislators have done in their states to get it over the finish line, which we failed to do in 2023 because of one man. One man stopped that for the state of Missouri. And we're talking about a grassroots action that was probably just as big as SEPA was the Constitutional Money Act in 2023 stopped by our very own Speaker of the House, Dean Plocker, who decided single-handedly for 6 million people that we could not institute sound money legislation in the state of Missouri because he wanted his sports betting bill through the Senate. And if he couldn't get that through the Senate, then he wasn't going to allow a grassroots bill, uh, you know, like sound money, legal tender, gold and silver, that would cost the state nothing. See, you're too kind because I'm going to blame it on two men. Okay. I'm also going to blame it on Cristo Finelli yes, for putting in an amendment that absolutely was in violation of Article 3, Section it 21, was. and Article 3, Section 23. And as we've seen recently with the uh, suit that came out that the Supreme Court decided with the homeless issue, that was a bill that was relating to... I think it was county audits, mm -hmm. and somehow this homeless issue got thrown into it along with like 15 other different items. Mm -hmm. Christmas tree. Yeah, and then there the, uh, the, Eden, the Eden Home Village here in town took it to court to sue it for Article 3, Section 21, Article 3, Section 23. Now, I don't believe for a minute that if you remove the homeless component out of there that the Supreme Court would have ruled in the same way. Mm. That, but that's my conspiracy. Yep, gotcha. I think the whole reason that they did say, oh, by the way, there's a section in the Constitution where you can't do X, Y, and Z is simply because of the homeless component. Can we talk about that for a quick second? Because sure. that's a fascinating aspect of what we're dealing with in the state of Missouri. For those who don't go up to the Capitol on a regular basis or don't actually pay attention to state politics, the way the system is set up right now was something called HR 11, which we like to call the Plocker Rules. These are the rules by which the House operates up at the Capitol here in Jefferson City, Missouri. And the way it's set up is pretty much uh, guaranteed Christmas tree bills at the end of the year. Now, for those of you who don't know what a Christmas tree bill is, uh, especially since Christmas has just passed, it's a single bill that gets attached to it all kinds of other bills that didn't make it through the process during that legislative session. They get stuck onto a very popular bill, and many of these bills were not even vetted. They didn't even go through committee, Tom. Uh, they didn't go through any type of, uh, you know, uh, hearings on how much the bills would even cost. Uh, they just get attached, and it's a frenzy. It's a frenzy, Tom, like you would see in a video on YouTube with some poor oxen that accidentally falls into the Amazon River, and all the piranhas come up and and just you know do what they do to oxen that fall into the Amazon. That's exactly what happens at the end of a legislative session, but more so with what we call the Plocker Rules, H.R. 11. That's exactly what they intended to do with silver and gold last year. I saw the board. I was in, in, the, ga in the gallery, and I saw there was seven amendments that they intended to put on gold and silver once they had damaged the title. They changed the title to put on the crypto amendment that mm -hmm. you just mentioned. And the damage done to that bill, that, uh, that title change, would have made it uh, ripe for banker bills, anything having to do with state spending, <laughs> uh, you know, where it was supposed to just be a gold and silver as legal tender bill. So at any rate, uh, so I was just uh, probably dotting the T, 
and crossing the eye, you know, as they say, um, you know, of course in reverse, but that's how bad it is in Jeff city. You know, we used to track and we'll be going to a commercial here in a minute, but we used to track these and come to find out that like over 80% of the pieces of legislation always passed in the last three or four days Mm -hmm. of the, of the session. And we've spent, Oh, 12, 10, 11 years on this radio station every Friday pointing out Article 3, Section 21 and Article mm-hmm. 3, Section 23. And I still get the deer in the headlight looks mm-hmm. from the elected when I bring it up. Me too. So it, it's, it's there. Open up the Constitution and read it and then take it back to its original context and, and everything will be fine. I think in all reality, we'd get maybe 10 bills passed mm-hmm. in a legislative session if they actually adhered to Article 321, Session 23, which would benefit our freedom immensely. You're tuned to 104.1 FM KSGF. Wow, we don't have Christmas music as bumpers. Thank you. <laughs> hey, with me in studio is Patrick Holland from the Missouri Freedom Initiative. And before we start talking legislation, how was your Christmas? It was great. It was great. It was nice and quiet. Let's oh, put it so that way. Oh, so you didn't way. have the kids, family, no, just no, no and the kid, wife? Just the wife and I. Very yep. cool. Yep. So uh, it was a nice, quiet day. And uh, actually, we don't get enough of those. So yeah, those are there. Those are rare instances. Now I went and sp- we spent uh, Christmas with my in-laws. And then, of course, we had my son's in-laws mm-hmm. but we went over to their house they have the largest house out of everybody so we went <laughs> over to their house spent the day i had both both kids were there the the ones married the one has a girlfriend so it was kind of a nice mellow day because we don't spend a whole lot of time together we try to get together with janine's mom and dad mm-hmm. down in uh, nixa so whenever we can get a family now that everyone's back here, it should be easier to get the family together to do these things, but it seems like it's a lot harder than when we were, I mean, it didn't Indeed. make a difference when you were spaced out because mm-hmm. you could never get together anyway, but the closer you get, the harder it seems to tie yourself into, okay, I'm, we're going to do it this day, that way the family can all come together, but it's it's one of those things that I'm not used to because I didn't really have a close-knit family. Mm-hmm. But she, at one point in time, had a close-knit family, and I've watched it through the 30-some-odd years that we've been married. I've watched it kind of separate itself mm-hmm. to be the family that I grew up with, so it's kind of odd watching that occur based on, in my opinion, how close-knit they were when we first got together and got married, so... It's kind of like Tetris anymore, isn't it? Especially with extended families, because everyone's got other family members from the other side of the family right. in that house versus this house, and then trying to get everyone together on a day, and then fighting over whose house it'll be at. Uh, so it, it's always interesting. But at the same time, love family. I absolutely love family. It, it, especially in today's day and age where you have... Now, luckily, my kids have bio mom and bio dad are still together. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's a rarity in today's mm-hmm. today's marketplace. Most of them have either a foster mom, a foster dad, a stepdad, a step this. The you know, so the family gets a lot broader and broader. You got the foster children, the stepchildren, the oh they belong to dad, oh they belong to mom. It's type deal. So I always watch. You know, occasionally if uh, if the weather's nice, I'll when I ride bike, I'll go by the uh, Lowe's on the north end of town. Mm-hmm. 
and they have a section. It's not set aside, although I think they should have it set aside. Okay. I, I call it the kid exchange area. Okay. Because that's predominantly what happens from okay. like gotcha. from about seven to ten is dad's coming to pick up the kids or mom's mm-hmm. coming to pick up the kids or the grandparents are coming to pick up the kids. Yep. It's, we it's, we have a kid exchange area down where <laughs> I live too. It's Highway N and and uh, Highway fourteen. And that's a kid exchange area. That's a pizza delivery area because I'm somewhat rural. But, uh, but yeah, if you don't mind, let's get back into, you know, talking about legislation and the state of Missouri and how it all works. Yeah, because I think in all reality, the you brought up SAPA earlier. And for people who are not aware of SAPA, which absolutely blows me away that we had to go this route, but you have to in order to get people to listen SAPA was specifically designed to prevent our law enforcement officers from confiscating our firearms. Well, more specifically, uh, you are correct, but there's a broader context here. It's to prevent our law enforcement and uh, political subdivisions from actually enforcing federal Federal charge codes and federal laws having to do with infringements of the Second Amendment. And that's what it, it, in fact, it's so unique because we have an enforcement mechanism, Tom. No other state has the Second Amendment Preservation Act with an enforcement mechanism. And how do we know this for a fact? Because we're the only ones constantly being sued by the Department of Justice. Uh, Montana has SAPA. Are they getting sued? Nope. Uh, Arkansas has SAPA. Are they getting, actually not Arkansas, uh, Arizona has it. Are they getting sued? Nope. South Dakota? Nope. Uh, Kansas has it. Are they being sued? Nope. Just Missouri, because ours is effective. Well, matter of fact, Kansas has it, and there's still there were a couple people thrown in prison. Yep. Because the feds came in, arrested these two gentlemen, the the gun store owners, yeah. and there Noise was suppressors, there was nowhere was mm-hmm. any of the governors, state representatives, sheriffs. There was nothing there to protect those two individuals. We have a protection mechanism within the Second Amendment Preservation Act in the state of Missouri. And it says that your sheriff is charged with the responsibility of protecting your Second Amendment rights. So if the ATF comes to your house, Tom, and says, you know, you have an AR-15 and the federal government has determined those are illegal, those are banned now. So we're coming to your house because we went to the gun store and saw that you purchased one 15 years ago and we're here to collect it. You say, hold on a second, let me call my sheriff. See, that's exactly what the sheriff's for anyway. That's correct. But we have to to put it in the law. Sadly, we've gotten to a point where A, the oath means nothing, and B, people get elected to positions that they have no knowledge of what it is that their actual job authority is. Mm -hmm. If if somebody comes to my property, and let's say a federal official comes onto my property, and I call our sheriff, Generally, he's probably going to tell me, well, you live inside the city limits of Springfield. You have to let the city of Springfield deal with that. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I know that's a pipe dream. That ain't going to happen. You're tuned to 104.1 FM KSGF. Good morning, Springfield. With me in studio is Patrick Holland of the Missouri Freedom Initiative. Now, we talked earlier of uh, gold and silver. It did not get passed. We talked about why it didn't get passed. So what is your group this year? I would assume gold and silver is probably the top priority for your group. But there afterwards, where do you see your group heading in support of probably initiative petition reform? 
initiative petition reform is a very important topic for our group, and it's something I think we're going to support this year. Uh, the vast majority of us are CMR people. So basically we're talking about uh, con- uh, CMR is basically a way of actually segmenting off districts um, to actually allow for a change in the Missouri Constitution. So, um, so that's uh, majority ratification. If we're going to change our Constitution, it shouldn't be the way it is right now, which is 50% plus one people, one person, to change the Missouri Constitution. Some people say that that's the right way to do it. Well, not even the federal government wants to do it that way. They require 75% of the states to mm-hmm. change the American Constitution. So that would be the equivalent of, let's just say, for instance, 75% of all the House districts in Missouri. That would be the equivalent of what the uh, the U.S. government does. So yes, we're going to be involved in that this year. Silver and gold, HB 1955. That would be Representative Bill Hardwick's bill. Uh, he pre-filed, and uh, we've taken a really good look at that bill, and that's the one we'll be supporting this year. Uh, we have a knock-and-shock operation uh, scheduled for Jefferson City on the 9th of January at 9 a.m. Easy to remember. If you have never been to the Capitol before, have never talked to your rep or your senator, that's a really good way to do it is, uh, you know, uh, come with our group and actually get your feet wet in Missouri politics. And all we're doing is supporting the legislation that we find to be constitutional and a good fit for the state of Missouri, such as gold and silver as legal tender and also concurrent majority or IP reform as you now see it, 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 it might actually be different if the 50% plus one wasn't the fact that it was only like 23% of the registered voters. Yes, I know. So we're not even getting 50% plus one yeah. and running through this. I mean, running this through my head, there are a bunch of ways to do it. You could do it based on state house districts mm-hmm. because they're all the same size mm-hmm. or similar in size. Yep which would give the the rural voters yep. so you have 163 districts and then even even at that if you went 50% of those districts yep it would still be harder to change the state constitution which in my opinion yep should be harder to change cuz we've gotten to the point now where the constitution doesn't regulate the government that's right the constitution now puts into place regulations against the people like right. with the medicinal marijuana and sure. recreational marijuana bingo's in there yep. stem cell research mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of different uh, local governing aspects in there as well which i believe is important because in reality if you read article three of the state constitution it gives all legislative authority to the legislature mm-hmm. up in jeff city so when it comes time for these counties and these cities to start passing ordinances that in reality should not exist, they don't have the authority for it unless That's they right. charter themselves. That's right. And in reading the 19, I think it's 1954 city charter, I don't know who the PR firm was on that to get it passed, but there were a whole lot of people who did not know the application of governing back then mm-hmm. and in order for that to get changed and we're going to hit this break on time so you're tuned to 104.1 fm ksgf good morning springfield you're tuned to 104.1 fm ksgf 
And uh, KTTS, first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Today is some isolated morning snow. Of course, there was some snow accumulation this morning when I got out of, out of the house. Then it will remain cloudy, high of 37, wind chills in the 20s. Tonight it will be uh, mostly cloudy, low of 24. Mostly sunny on Saturday, warmer, high of 48. New Year's Eve night looks partly cloudy, a low of 22. And New Year's Day sunny and a high of 38. All right, we're going to change topics. I'm with Patrick Holland from the Missouri Freedom Initiative. We're going to talk a specific state rep and what it is that's happening to this individual. Because mm-hmm. I find it quite odd. It's on the other side of the political aisle, the ones that I commonly refer to as the Smurf cult. Okay. <laughs> so Representative Unsicker, uh-huh. who is a Democrat, and I don't, I'm not even absolutely sure what it is that she did that is bringing about the wrath of the her fellow Democrats on this whole entire issue. That's an interesting one. I'm not sure I have all the details either, but from my understanding, um, you know, and this is from Twitter, so this may not be the best understanding in the world, is apparently she talked to uh, someone in her district that was apparently somehow associated with white supremacists. Oh, my. And uh, so never mind her right of association, which she does have a right to. Uh, apparently leadership, that would be Crystal Quaid, I think. That would be my state. Removed rep. her from every committee she was on. And also, uh, I think she has. Uh, she was running for maybe Secretary of State on the Democrat side. No, she's running for governor, and she's, governor. Al- she's also the one who successfully had a black man kicked off the ballot when well, he, he was on the ballot opposing on. her. Let's back up real quick. I think Unsicker, Crystal Quaid, Crystal Quaid, is running, running for, for governor, governor yes. and I think Unsicker's running for Secretary of oh, State. Oh, okay, okay. I think. Okay. I, you know, I could be wrong, but I think that's right. And I think maybe she's not running anymore. I'm not 100% sure. But if it's because of this, and I'm, you know, and by the way, um, our group is not right or left. We are simply constitutional people. So, it, in fact, you, may, you probably know this. In 2023, we carried one of Peter Meredith's bill. Mm-hmm. And his bill was specifically to get rid of sales tax on food, which is something that our group is very big into, a regressive tax, something that helps everybody. It doesn't matter if you're rich, you're poor, you're black, you're white, you're for abortion, against abortion, for guns, against guns. Everybody gets helped with a regressive tax. And everybody tax. buys food. That's correct. Well, if if the people if there are people out there who actually don't purchase food, I haven't met them yet. Okay, gotcha. Well, we'll we'll leave them. You know, as uh, we'll have a placeholder for them. You know, basically. Uh, but we think in the Missouri Freedom Initiative that is more important to get rid of. You know, basically uh, a sales tax on food than is, for instance, even other taxes. Like for instance, AFP is big on reducing income tax in the state of Missouri. Our income tax is pretty low to begin with. Now, I'm for getting rid of taxes, don't get me wrong, but I think a regressive tax, like getting rid of sales tax on food, actually being the most beneficial to everyone in the state, is the way to go first. But that requires a constitutional amendment because in 1968, it was added to the Missouri Constitution, a certain percentage of sales tax um, you know, on food goes to 
education. I'd like to talk about education a little bit today too, but but at any rate, uh, going back to Unsicker, I disagree with how she's being treated. I really, truly do. I think her, her freedom of speech is being taken away by being taken away from the committees that she was in. I think that uh, that she probably represented her side very well, and I think that she's being unfairly treated by Crystal Quaid, the very same woman who is running for governor of the state of Missouri. If she is going to start capping her own uh, party's free speech, guess what she's going to do to the other party if she gets to be governor? Well, not only that, but, I mean, Sarah is her first name. I'm Sarah Unsicker, yes. The uh, How does one absolutely go to the point where this individual is a white supremacist or he's an Aryan nation type? Or I mean, we've seen that charge levied at so many different people, at so many different organizations that is factually inaccurate mm-hmm. that... To, to, to think that anybody within any confines of a political party go, well, if you go talk to so-and-so, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this to you within the party. Now, of course, they have the right to do it within the party structure. But I think in, in all sincerity, maybe people need to call Crystal Quaid and the Democrats on the carpet, but I don't see that side scream a bloody murder they don't that is the interesting facet to this entire story is that the democrats are not saying hey listen this is her freedom of speech she can associate with anyone she wants to associate with that is missing here that's a missing component at least from uh, the public side of it what's being reported now if something's happening internally you know you and i probably wouldn't know we're not i i don't camp with these folks you know i i talk to them i get along with them but at the same time it's not like i'm on the in with the democrats i, I tend to have more republican friends just because of the constitutional nature of our organization see i actually have placed myself into different forum areas mm-hmm. to follow the the democrat side of the aisle because there are areas where i agree with their side of the aisle more than i agree with the republican side of the aisle i don't hear the outrage in in those groups i mean if if bill eigel or uh i don't know you named the rep even lincoln huff for pete's sakes Mm -hmm. if if the Republicans were to do this simply because he went and spoke to a woman who had an abortion Mm -hmm. The Republicans would be going, wait a minute, he has the right to, or at least a, a good percentage of them would be making the case that you can't remove him off of all these committees simply for this. And I'm not even sure that it's occurred in the state where that has happened, although I do think Mike Moon was removed he was. Off, of, off of a committee. He was. And I forget which committee he was on, and I forget who removed him. But, yeah, he was removed. And even then, some of the Republicans went, whoa, whoa wait a minute. Yep, that's right. This, the, the, you, you can't just arbitrarily do this. That's right. Because now you have, in reality, you have a complete state district that has uh, taxation without representation. Mm-hmm on all these different committees that she was on to begin with. Yeah. And so you see, you have an example here of the dog-eat-dog world, the Democrats eating their own. I don't know what they have against Unsicker. My uh, exchanges with her have been pleasant in the past, but I will be uh, literally, as I'm a constitutional guy, I will stand for her right, for uh, her freedom of speech and her freedom of, of association every single time. 
I will do that. And I would hope that anyone who is a liberty lover would also stand for that freedom as well. You're tuned to 104.1 FM KSGF. You are not listening to Nick Reed. He is on his vacation. Today is the last Friday of 2023. So enjoy it. This is Tom Martz with the Lock and Smith Foundation. With me in studio is Patrick Holland with the Missouri Freedom Initiative. And I know you guys do a a podcast that's uh, viewable on Rumble, YouTube, Gilded, and a few other platforms. Mm-hmm. But yep. when is your uh, podcast? Saturday nights at 7.30. So, yeah, I know it's prime time there, you know, for family time and all this and that. But we are family friendly. And we talk about uh, basically Missouri politics and what we're currently doing. Tomorrow night uh, is one of our more interesting ones that we have during the year is where we democratically decide what bills we'll be supporting out of the pre-filed bills that currently exist right now on the docket. And so there's usually a little back and forth. There's a little bit of debating and, and, and people show up in our group and and they bring the bills they would like to see our organization support and we vote on those bills. Now, see, one of the ones that's really interesting to me, and it's really been interesting ever since it was first introduced, and I can't think of how far back it goes, but it's the application of agriculture land being sold Mm -hmm. to foreign entities. Mm -hmm. And with that, I delved into a little research. And I think one of the ways that they absolutely could do that and I know it's going to tick a lot of people off when I make this statement. Make it so that all property is owned by citizens and individuals, mm-hmm. which also means that corporations cannot own property. Well, corporations are treated as individuals when it I comes know that's to, part of the problem. Yes, it is. Yep. Corporations in reality don't have rights. Mm-hmm. The people who make up corporations they have, have rights. rights. But also in that vernacular, then those people who are part of those corporations are also responsible for when it is that they violate the rights of other individuals. The problem is that we don't have that. Corporations get fined. They get a slap on the wrist. Rarely do you see the people like Ken Lay, you know, back when he went to prison and that whole Enron debacle. But you don't see that with pharmaceutical companies. You don't no. see that with, with with any other corporation, to my knowledge. And do I? And, and part of the problem you have with sales of ag land is a you're you're specifically making it ag land. Mm-hmm. Well, what about all the other properties within? What do you do with? property like uh, that Smithfield owned, which is now in the hands of the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. And for anyone to try to make the case that, I'm sorry, but the Chinese government owns all the Chinese corporations. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if it's owned by a Chinese corporation, then it's owned by the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of research to do if you're going to go that route. Because you're going to get to the point. Well, what about uh, what about all the Chinese food restaurants? Mm-hmm. Are they owned by individuals or are they owned by the Chinese government? Mm-hmm. And then if that if they're owned by the Chinese government, what's your what's your directive? Because you got ex post facto, so you can't take a law and make it 
concurrent back to 1900 and go, oh, so, okay, well, no, this doesn't exist anymore. So that thought process of how it is that from day, from this point in time, no, and then how it's worded to make it so that property within the state of Missouri does not get owned by and who it's going to be owned by becomes a very sticky point based on the way the state constitution is worded. Yeah, it, it is. But I think the main concern is farmland here. I think that's probably the main concern with politicians around the United States of America right now. And and there's several reasons for it. I mean, the, the vast swaths of farmland that are being bought up by special interests is, is kind of interesting because we've not seen that you happen. You mean Bill Gates? Bill Gates is one of them. <laughs> but he's an American. He is an American. <laughs> and he is very much into GMO and, you know, and, and lab-grown meat and crickets and, and mealworms. He wants everyone off of red meat. You know, he's not just, uh, you know, global warming, we're all going to die guy. He is also, we, we need to eat lab-grown meat and crickets and mealworms. And, you know, which is very much, you know, with what the WEF wants, the World Economic Forum. Klaus Schwab eats the bugs. And yeah, see, I have more fear of Bill Gates in I do reality too. than I do, I do of I, Wang Chao Zing or whatever his name is over there in China. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Bill Gates has an enormous amount of clout, uh, basically with most governments of the world, and he is the gateway to China. So actually, Bill Gates, in my mind, is inextricably linked with China because the framework, the construct to do business with China goes through Bill Gates now. Yeah. And and that's a, that's a fact. That's demonstrably provable. If you want to make widgets in China, if you're an American corporation, you got to go through Bill Gates's apparatus, if you will, his construct. And so he is the owner of that construct. Bill Gates benefits from anyone doing anything in China. Yeah, you'd, al you'd almost have to make it so that anyone who attends any World Economic Forum events is prohibited from owning. And I'm not just saying yeah. ag property. Yeah. I'm property, period. Mm -hmm. But that would be so anti-liberty, so anti-freedom on one side of the aisle. But... See, it's one of the it's one of those things that you have a to try to grasp the concept. Well, you can't prevent, you can't prohibit Bill Gates from owning property. He's an American citizen. Mm -hmm. Well, Bill Gates is doing everything he possibly can to kill off God only knows how many people. That's right on the globe, and That's he, right. he has absolutely in his corporate mindset, especially with pharma, has shown that he'll do it, mm -hmm. like in India. Sure, with, so uh, in India and in Africa. The vaccines he brought to Africa, this is not talked about generally, but hundreds of thousands of deaths in Africa are attributed to Bill Gates' vaccines. Now, I don't know how much more we could say about that on the radio, but it is an established fact. These are factors that everyone knows. Um, in fact, when Bill Gates's lot shows up in a village in Africa, they often go into hiding until they leave. They know what's coming. Sterilization. You know, basically paralyzation, death, and it happens a lot. It's not just a coincidence. These people are starving. They need food and they need water. They don't need vaccines. And with that, I hope we don't get kicked off the YouTube channel and for KSGF, but you're tuned to 104.1 FM KSGF. And we're back with Patrick Holland of the Missouri Freedom Initiative. And by the way, uh, Bill Hardwick for your 
for your uh, what you're going to discuss is room 205. 205. I knew it was on floor two, so thank you for that. Uh, what I was going to say is, if you've never been involved in Missouri politics before, if you've never gone to the Capitol before, if you've never been engaging in conversation with your rep and your senator, a great opportunity awaits you. Knock and shock is what we call it. It's January 9th at 9 a.m. at the Capitol, and uh, we'll be meeting at Bill Hardwick's office, which is office, what was it, 202? 205. 205. Office 205 in the Capitol. So what is knock and shock? We get asked that all the time. This is literally a, a, a practice we do to engage with senators and representatives to actually give put forth an argument for legislation that our organization supports. For instance, gold and silver as legal tender. So that's going to be the main thing we'll be doing on January 9th is gold and silver. And I encourage anyone who has never been engaging in Missouri politics to come join us. It's a great opportunity to actually meet these folks, especially if you've never done it before. If you're nervous about doing it, there's nothing to be nervous about, particularly when you have a large crowd. Um, this is not a rally. This is not a rally. We actually knock on doors and go into offices and talk to legislators directly, which is what we're kind of famous for up there. We do want to talk to them. We want to hear from them. We want them to give us give us their point of view. It's not just us going in and trying to tell them what to do. Let's have a conversation is kind of what we do. So absolutely, you meet the definition of the Southern Poverty Law Center domestic terrorist. Yeah, I think we do, probably, yeah. Uh, so it, the reason it's knock and shock, Tom, is it, when you're squeezing 30 people into an office there, you have a captive audience right there with that senator. It, or that. <laughs> it, it, it makes a world of difference whether you should. Now, if, if you talk to anyone up there, whether it's Republican or Democrat, very mm -hmm. rarely do they see absolute individuals. Mm -hmm. They see predominantly lobbyists or right. those who are affiliated with lobbyists. And predominantly the only time that they see people up there is when there is an issue that's going to be held in committee that has pizzazz to it. Pizzazz or maybe corporate backing. Um, by the way, our group has no corporate backing. We do not take donations. We're not that kind of organization. We are grassroots, your own time, your own dime. So for instance, I take money out of my bank account to put uh, you know, gasoline in my car to get up to Jeff City. I take the day off of work. I don't get paid for that time. And I'm sure to uh, I always remind that when I do a committee hearing I always say that when I go up and testify, that I'm here on my own time, my own dime. Those who come in behind me, I would like to know if they are being paid to be here today. And so I think that's an important thing for legislators to know, whether or not uh, you're paid to be there. We are not. Our group is not. We are true organic grassroots. See, the Lock and Smith Foundation's been that way ever since day yep. one. However, the, uh, there, there is a gentleman who is an avid listener to this show who is very leftist oriented they call him liberal ron he always used to make the case that we were funded by the Koch brothers <laughs> so any 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 time you get somebody who has any instance of they want the constitution followed somehow that gets related to well you're being paid for by the Koch brothers there there funny thing is is ron and i agree on a lot mm-hmm but it's the couple areas that we absolutely disagree, and that's how government performs its functions. Mm -hmm. 
that somehow that leads him to believe that he and I are so adamantly opposed, it's not even funny. So Mm -hmm. we were always accused of getting Koch brother checks, of which I've never seen them in my bank account. So yeah, when I do those things, I also have to do it on my own dime. I want to thank you for being... MoFree.org. 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 You're 2 to 104.1 FM KSGF.